everyone, and welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch The Great Muppet Caper two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand. And I'm your other host, Ryan Rowe. And joining us today, we have a very special guest star. Uh, tell the folks who you are, special guest. I am Quinn Rollins, and I am from Salt Lake City, Utah. And I'm a Muppet fan. And, and Quinn was a regular on the Tough Pigs forum going back to just, just about the start, very start. Yeah, pretty early days. He's like, he's like classic gang. So it's always nice to get one of our old friends on the show. So welcome, I'm, I'm man. A, I'm so I'm glad a, you're here. I'm a very old friend. So yeah. We're all old We're, now. we're all old. We're all... Time is linear. <laughs> sad. It is pretty sad that time is linear. But today we are jumping back in time to 1981 to talk about minutes 15 and 16 of The Great Muppet Caper. Uh, as these minutes open, the whole Muppet gang at the Happiness Hotel continues singing the song Happiness Hotel. And when we close, they're still doing it. <laughs> we, we see neither be the beginning nor the end of the song. This, these minutes are like a circle where the <laughs> Happiness Hotel never ends. But what a, what a joyful circle. So as we open these minutes, the first thing we hear is Kermit says the bellhops look like rats. And Rolf says, you should see the chambermaids. So here's my question, fellas. Is that misogynistic? It kind of is, right? Um, I never thought of it that way. It, it just feels like a very sort of old-fashioned, uh, like, set-up punchline joke right, but... to me. Like something that Ralph might even do with Jimmy Dean on back on the Jimmy Dean show. Sure. Uh, it, it, like, what, what I'm saying is that the punchline is... Sometimes women are ugly, right? Like, okay, but you, but he's he's a dog talking about rats. Fair enough. Fair so, enough. <laughs> so, I mean, if I, I don't know, I, I would say in some other podcast, I would say they're no prize pig either. But in a Muppet one, where <laughs> you know prize pigs are prominent, so <laughs> yeah, prominent true. prize pig. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just like we've they've established that the the male bellhops are strange looking. So it's like, uh, yeah, everyone's strange looking yeah, around. All here. right. Fair enough. You've convinced me, but we never see the chambermaid. So we don't actually know. We can't, we can't judge. Yeah, for we can just imagine what the chambermaids look like. So I, they're probably penguins. Oh yeah. What if they aren't oh, even yeah. rats? Yeah, that'd be fun. Huh? Sure. Yeah. I guess the bellhops actually are rats. So when Kermit says they look like rats, it's not an insult. What if the chambermaids are chickens? Because there are a lot of chickens going around. They could definitely be chickens. Yeah, yeah. that would be that would be appropriate to a, a Muppet yeah. hotel. Yeah. So uh, we do get to see the the bellhops who look like rats and are rats, and we get to see them tap dance here, which is so much fun. Any thoughts about uh, tap dancing rats? <laughs> well, Rizzo does his little dance, or at least I think it's Rizzo in the the, the doorway of the elevator. Um, but then there's also this thing where they're sort of, I mean, maybe this is what you're talking about, where they just sort of scurry across the floor carrying the suitcases. Yeah, so well, I was talking about Rizzo's tap dance, but bo- both. I mean, we, we, we can oh. talk about all rat puppetry effects right now. Oh, okay. Well, because, yeah, there, there are two very different puppetry effects happening there. Like, I'm sure when Rizzo does his little dance, it's just Steve Whitmire, like, bouncing the puppet back and forth and you know, his, he's wearing a black sleeve or something. So all we see is Rizzo. That's a pretty simple thing. But then looking at the shot where the rats are carrying the suitcases, I'm really 
not sure how they did that. I, I was I was thinking the same thing and I was I was impressed by it. Um I mean I still am, but it uh yeah, I, I, I got caught up in wondering like are there motors inside of the suitcases and then the whole thing is being like brought along sort of marionette style from the top. Yeah. I Yeah, that that's what seems likely to me. I, I spent but, some time thinking about it and then I stopped thinking about it. Well, I looked <laughs> You just can't think about it too yeah. long. Well, I tried to find if there was like a Jim's Red Book entry or any other material, you know, behind the scenes info about it. And I, I couldn't find any, you know, in a in a cursory Google search. So if it's marionette style, I don't see any strings. No. Yeah, I feel like they're on something, like, on the ground or something. Like you know, I feel like the mechanism must, yeah, yeah, yeah. That the mechanism must be, but like, they, out of frame and there's some sort of rigging that we don't see. I don't know. They even make a turn. that, Like, it would be one thing if they were just walking in a straight line. But then they they make a turn when they get to the stairs so their path is curved. And then they go onto the rug, which just seems like you know the Muppet people showing off again. Yeah, that if 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 you know to look for the puppetry of this, you're going to be amazed by it. And if you don't know right. to look, you're like, oh, rats are carrying suitcases. All right, <laughs> right. That's cute. It's cute that rats. Yeah. And, and then are... you think rats walking in a straight line is cool. Watch this. The rats can turn. <laughs> what? Right. Yeah. Um. Next thing I wanted to talk about is. Some of the lyrics, the the electric mayhem kind of take the center stage here. Yes, and we, which is great. I'm excited about that. Don't get me wrong. Um, but one of the first lines is Doctor Teeth says the whole dang thing has been condemned by American Express. Yep. So Jim Henson had starred in a famous American Express commercial a few years earlier in 1975, um, which may have inspired that line. But also, what does this actually mean? Did did credit card companies pass judgment on foreign businesses back then? Like, I, I actually have no idea why uh, American Express would be condemning a hotel in London. American Express was in the business of traveler's checks more than anything else. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. At that time. So even if you weren't a cardholder, you would have American Express travel checks with you. And I, I imagine if they said you can't redeem these at the Happiness Hotel, maybe that's what Dr. Teeth is talking about. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So not only can you not use them there, American Express has officially condemned this uh, place of business. Sure, that makes sense. Is, is condemned the same thing as damned? I guess so. Probably. Yeah. All right. All Pretty right. much. Okay. And of course, right. Doctor Teeth said, "Dang!" Right? He said the yes. he said the milder version of "damn" a minute ago. Thank but, goodness. I'm just trying to think now when you see a sign on an abandoned building that says condemned, is it the same as seeing a sign that says damned? Do you see many signs that <laughs> maybe say not, damned on buildings? Not, not quite as dramatic, oh. maybe. Um, but but just, just seconds later, Janice does not hold back. Janice says, sure, the management is cheerful, though the whole joint's gone to hell. She straight up says it. Um, and I love her for it. Oh, sure, man. Uh, but this movie is rated G. This movie's rated G. And of course, like that's a pretty mild profanity. But in all eight theatrical Muppet movies, like including the, the two newest ones, during a time when like animated movies sometimes have mild profanity in them, or other kids' movies. And those are rated PG. You're right. 
This is the only, like, even the mildest profanity in any of them. So it still jumps out at me after all this time. Like a Muppet saying hell in, in their movie. Yeah, it is striking. I, I I don't know if maybe it seems like it's it's not quite as uh, profane because she's talking about the location like hell right. is a place in the Bible. I, I feel like that's kind of something <laughs> when I was a kid where it would be like, you know, you can't say what the hell because that's a bad word. But if you say, you know, I don't know, people who sin go to hell. Right, right. You can say less like, of a bad word. Right. But again, like for me growing up. You know up, what like, I mean? I do. I do. But You guys went to Sunday school. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, so a Lutheran. Okay. Anyways. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Um, but uh, no, but I feel like this borders on it being like go to hell which is still pretty like to tell someone to go to hell. I don't know. Yes. Like, no, I know that's risque. Yeah. Anyways, it's not, it's not like she's just like Satan rules. over. <laughs> I, no, not in this song. I, I, I love just says that, that Satan rules over hell. Anyways, what Quinn? Sorry. I no, I, I love that. You know, she might have like five or six lines in, in the movie. And one of them is, is this, and it's the right. lyric for a song. And, is it a uh, Joe Raposo? Is he uh, the composer? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I, it's it fits in well with the song. It it tells a story and uh, and it rhymes. I mean, what else? What else do I want? Right. She's she's not going to say the whole joint's gone to heck to rhyme with no. happiness hotech, right? No. No. Um, also, I think uh, there aren't a lot of Muppets that it would work uh coming from like you can't imagine kermit or fozzy saying that right but somehow janice maybe, is like yeah that sounds like janice right or maybe floyd like, like floyd those, yeah they're the two i think even dr teeth could say it i i think i think yeah. all of them could in uh in more recent productions i would say like rizzo or pepe could but with, if they did it it would be more like malicious than Janice. I don't know. J- Jan, it, well, she's so mellow. It just kind of rolls off the tongue or yeah. uvula, what have you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in the 2015 Muppets ABC sitcom, there was a line, I think in the first episode where Kermit says his life has become a bacon wrapped hell on earth, which is pretty close. Right. Well, and, yeah. and actually speaking of which uh, we should talk about this, the Muppet show pitch reel, from yes. 1975, mm-hmm. um, which you can find on the DVD in an edited form on, I think, the season one DVD. In its original pitch to the network's form, it ends with Kermit popping up and saying, what the hell was that? So, yeah, my understanding is that they had, I don't know if this is actually true, but they cut it from that DVD release because it's Kermit standing in front of the CBS logo when he says that. And they couldn't get the rights to to clear the CBS logo, they, but if they probably weren't going to put that on a DVD in two thousand, well, maybe not. Anyway. But if you go to the Museum of the Moving Image in Queens, New York, there's uh, in the Jim Henson exhibition, there's a little screen in the Muppet Show section that just plays that pitch uh, film on a loop, and it does include Kermit coming in at the end saying, "What what the hell was that all about?" Huh. So, um, and, and plan I, your trip to New York so you can hear Kermit say what the hell. And I, I guess I guess that the idea was that the Muppet Show wasn't going to be Sesame Street, right? Like 
they yeah. they could say and and occasionally they did like very occasionally they did say some mild profanity on the Muppet Show. Um, most notably for this particular word, the Mac Davis episode in season five has a song where they say, "Is it he must have been a hell of a man or something?" Over and over. Oh yeah, and like yeah, all the whole gang is singing along. It's it's like Beauregard and Fozzie like singing along. Right. So, Mac Davis. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> the one where Beaker gets duplicated into eight beakers. Yes. That's a great episode. Eight episode. Also, and then of course you a, have a... a mass a massive load of H bombs dropped on the studio. <laughs> Um, and there's a joke that's repeated a couple times on the Muppet Show involving a fish, where a character says, "Why are you carrying the fish?" or something to that effect. And the answer is just for, just the, for halibut. the halibut. Yeah, pretty good one. Pretty good one. Yep. All right. So, any other the whole joint's gone to hell thoughts before we move on? Um, that's all I got. I I, I like right. that it that it I I do like that it brings a little bit of edge, a little bit of bite. Uh. But not, but not too much. It, to me, it's just the right amount. It's like, yeah, I, I can't imagine, um, like in the Jason Siegel, uh, the Muppets. I can't imagine that being uh, including that in there because it's it's so sweet and so sweet. Right. Yeah. Right. And the tone and, of that was more like the Muppets should just always be sweet and nice. Yeah, and the Muppets should be more. The Muppets should be. Sorry, Janice doesn't roll that way. She uh, right, right, and that movie is firmly of the opinion that the Muppets should be more like Walter, a made-up character who is a Jason Segel Muppet. Anyways, exactly. We'll we'll talk about that more in a few years. Um, All right. So, but the Electric Mayhem we find out are only living at the hotel between gigs. Uh, so it's been what about five years? Floyd says. And speaking of Janice being a delight in this movie, I love her optimism that things are really going to break as soon as we get our new glossies. And like, and, and who and who is their manager? I yeah I don't know I no. guess it's I guess it's Bernie right it's the it's it's the generic Muppet Muppet agent or manager Bernie yeah. Or is it still Scooter, uh, like the the joke uh, from the Muppet movie? Oh, yeah. you know, maybe because Scooter is in this, living with them in he the is, hotel. He is around, yeah. So maybe he's their manager. Well, and I mean, they have Gonzo there now, a photographer, an actual photographer with an actual camera. They can just take glossies. Although, yeah. as we've as we've discussed on the podcast previously, Gonzo's a pretty terrible photographer. Well, yeah, he's a bit terrible at a lot of things. So. <laughs> So it doesn't matter if he takes bad glossies. Yeah. I don't think it's going to harm. It's not going to, their career won't be any worse. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, So the next thing we find out about a member of the electric mayhem is that uh, Zoot says that animal is upset about missing the Rembrandt exhibit at the national gallery and animal yells Renoir. Right. Yeah. I, I wrote that down. Why, why does he do that? Because he's not upset about missing the Rembrandt exhibit. He's upset about missing the Renoir exhibit. He's correcting Zoo, right? It's, it's an oddly timed joke, though, isn't it? You think like, so? See, there's I, something... I don't know. I've never had any any trouble with it, personally. Like, I, like, I, I got mean, it. Well, I don't know. You you would think that, like, Renoir had been a running gag or something. And, uh, or, or, I mean, but it's the only time it ever comes up. Right. Well, since you said that, I will, uh, 
point out that it also made a recent return in the 2018 Muppet Babies series. Oh, really? In in the episode You Ought to Be in Pictures, where the babies go to an art museum, an yep. animal is like super stoked to see the Renoir paintings. Okay, I appreciate that. Yeah, well, <laughs> which nice and, and actually, my daughter I'll call forward. So my daughter Iris loves that show and saw this movie for the first time recently. And was amazed, like like she said out loud, he still likes Renoir. Oh, like like yeah, like like it was like reassuring to her to find out that Animal retains his his favorite painter as an adult. That's just part of Animal's character. Yes. So 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 is Renoir? Is this like his rosebud, like on his deathbed? I mean, you know, <laughs> someday someday Animal's life will come to an end, and uh, on, on on his deathbed, he's like. Renoir. I mean, someday they'll make the the Muppet Babies uh, sequel series, Muppet Old People. Yes. Oh yeah, that was the elderly. You guys remember that Smig drawing? That was a good one. Oh yeah, yeah. It it, it wasn't. Was it called Muppet Old People? He probably had a more clever name for it. I don't, I don't remember. Muppet Geezers. Muppet Geezers, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like Smig. But, Smig, if you're listening, we love you. We sure do. Um, but this this yeah, the joke. I don't know. Maybe if. He had said like, "Not Rembrandt, Renoir, or something like that." I, I just I did not get the joke for for years. I think somebody had to explain it to me. But sure, I, um, I, I still don't. And then it. the other odd thing about I that is, <laughs> the other odd thing is on the soundtrack album. Yeah, uh, Zoot says Animal is upset because he's missing the Monet exhibit. Yes, rather than the Rembrandt exhibit. Now, why would they change that? You know, I kind of wonder if they just did two different takes and then just decided to to switch it up for the hardcore fans i don't know <laughs> and maybe at one point they decided that one was funnier than the other but then on the, i don't know on on the soundtrack album does uh does animals say renoir after that line i think he does i okay. thought i thought he said money like monet money no, i thought it was like monet money isn't it oh that that Zoot says Monet and Animal says Monet. Am, am Monet. I misremembering? I don't know. You're, I don't. You're misremembering. Think so okay, all right. It's probably just what I thought it should have been. I don't know. Sorry about that, listeners out there who know what we don't know. <laughs> yeah. So what happens next? Um, we oh oh here's a weird thing. Did, did either of you guys notice the poster behind Animal during this? This sequence, oh, I, I meant to look at it, but I because the, there's a bunch of posters uh, glued to the wall, but I didn't really. Yeah, I noticed so, one behind the piano. I didn't notice one behind Animal. Yeah, the one the one behind Animal that we can read clearly says Eric Moschwitz presents Balalaika. Yes, Balalaika. And, yeah, yeah. So so Eric Moschwitz was a playwright, and this show was a musical comedy, and it was uh, it premiered in London at His Majesty's Theater in 1936. Oh my gosh. And Eric Moschwitz died in 1969. So it's not like this is, it's not like he's presenting this in 1981. It's not, it's not something new. It's something that a production designer or somebody like went out of, you know, chose this poster. And I don't know if it's just because this movie has like a, has like a 1930s musical comedy vibe or what, but I kind of like that. It's a, like a stage farce from the thirties. I don't know. Yeah. I, I wonder if they just went looking, I don't know, in antiques shops or something for a, uh, something that looked like, and just for the whole hotel, even just for stuff that didn't look too new, maybe. Right. If it looked like a poster that was made in 1980, then this, that, that wouldn't really fit the tone of the movie, but 
Yeah, right. that's interesting. Yeah. So I mean, I don't I don't know much about it, but and I, and I like the huh. title. I like that it's just called Balalaika. Balalaika. Um. So then the next thing is for about thirty seconds, we just watched the Electric Mayhem Jam, which is great. Yeah, it's fun. I really like watching those guys do their thing. Uh, did we mention last? week that this movie i know we were talking about characters who uh this is the first time they were in a movie but did we mention that lips is one of those no i know and and actually that's what that's the next thing i was about to say so thank you ryan there you go um so so yeah we we need to talk about lips all right so quinn Quinn, who is lips tell us who lips is quinn so lips is a uh the trumpet player who sometimes plays with the Electric Mayhem uh, because after Steve Whitmire came on board, they wanted to add a sixth member to Electric Mayhem so that the major players could each have somebody, and they gave, they created lips for Steve Whitmire to perform. Right. F- future Muppet superstar Steve Whitmire. Yes. So so what are your, what are your strong opinions about lips? <laughs> <sighs> I, I I have a decades long issue with lips, but um, all right. So I have I, one of the things I love about the Muppets is there's a strong sense of family. The Muppets are a family of characters, and to me, uh, Lips is like the cousin Oliver who uh, he comes late. He doesn't bring a lot to the table, um, and uh, yeah, I mean hit. His name is Lips, and he doesn't have lips. <laughs> the, 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 the first time I read some sort of like book or comic book or something that had, uh, it was talking about Lips, and I thought that that was Janice's name because mm. she actually has lips. And I think I was also watching Mash at the same time. You have Hot Lips, so I'm like, oh, Janice is like Lips, and somehow she's connected to Loretta Swit, and 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 she wasn't, but. Uh, yeah lips i never thought about the fact that he doesn't have lips that had never occurred to me he he doesn't have lips he doesn't have any lines in uh in this song where every other member of electric mayhem has extended either asides or actual lines in the song mm-hmm. and uh yeah he he doesn't the, the nice things about lips that i do appreciate uh i like the puppet design itself that hair is, yeah, I like that. Is is amazing. It, visually, he brings a lot. I like his dashiki. He looks cool. Uh, and and the trumpet adds a lot to the sound of this song. This whole jam session is very Dixieland jazz, and and it it works and it's beautiful. But uh, but I don't consider him a member of Electric Mayhem. So there it is. <laughs> Electric well, Mayhem has five members. Right, sure, sure, yeah, I get that. Well, and uh, there's also uh, Muppets at Walt Disney World, where the Electric Mayhem has seven members for some reason. They had Clifford, and the seventh right? one is Clifford. Yeah, yeah, that was just yeah. They Clifford had been a main character on the, the Jim Henson Hour, and they were trying to figure out a place to put him. Well, Clifford is my homie made of foamy, so oh. I was so yeah, I don't. I mean, I I don't have a problem with lips because he really never says anything. Like, he doesn't really do anything. He just kind of which well, is my what's, problem uh, with him. He doesn't bring anything to the table. Right. He's yeah. I guess that's why I don't have a problem. If he was like I don't know taking screen time away from Doctor Teeth and Janice, well, and okay. well, Floyd, I would 
what was weird was like lips hung around for a while the first time, right? Like he's in Muppet Family Christmas, he's in uh Muppets of Walt Disney World, he's in Muppet Christmas Carol, like with the band. He's not in the and Muppet then, Steak Manhattan, is he? No, he's not. He's not. No, correct. No. Huh. But so he's in like through the eighties into the early nineties, he's just kind of there, like you say, not doing much, just kind of a visual presence. And then he disappears for like 20 years and he comes back in the Jason Siegel movie in 2011. They rebuilt him for that. And then like he's in Muppets most wanted and on the 2015 TV show. And there he had a bunch of lines. They tried to pretend yeah. that he was a character. Well, I remember Steve Whitmire saying something in an interview about like when they were shooting one of the early episodes of the, the ABC sitcom, he had a line and, and Steve felt like for the first time ever in, you know, after 30 years, he had like just figured out who Lips's character was. Aww. That's the, <laughs> Which doesn't, you know. That's the tragedy is they, Steve Whitmire came into work and said, I finally figured out Lips's character. And then they said, Steve, we have some bad news for you. So. Yeah, well, but but even then, like he he does have more lines on the sitcom than he had before. But even then, it's not like he becomes, you know, a, a breakout character the way, for example, Uncle Dudley or Yolanda did when they got more to do on that series. Right, he was more like a Denise type. So that's uh, and so um, actually, Quinn, I'm so glad you had so many lips related thoughts. Like, I, I think, me too. I think most other guests would have just been like, yeah, that's a that's a puppet. So, so thank no. you. I uh, uh yeah I I have a I have lips rage issues. <laughs> I, I realize. Oh, so before we leave Electric Mayhem, I have a question about them. Mm-hmm. Please. So uh, up until this point, uh, most of the times I had seen Electric Mayhem, they were wearing the same clothing every time. Like Floyd was in his Sergeant Pepper. Uh, uh, uniform Janice in the pink tank top, Zoot in a, uh, I guess, kind of a dashiki, like, you know, kind of just shirt thing. And then in this, they uh, they have sort of upgraded the, the clothing for Janice, Floyd, and Zoot. But then Dr. Teeth and Animal are both wearing the same things they've always worn. So, like, can they, do they have rules like, okay, Floyd... We can change his clothing, but it always has to be red. Janice, we can change her clothing, but it always has to be pink. Zoot has to be gold and blue. Like, just to complement the the colors of the puppet? Or is it huh. a personal fashion choice that they make? Because my sister had the same sweater that Janice is wearing, like, in 1981. <laughs> and it was, uh, I don't know, it's, it seems sort of conservative for uh, for Janice. Sure. I mean, later on, yeah, I think I we hadn't... see her in a bikini or something, but still. Right. Well, and and of course, later yeah. on, she's going to talk about public nudity yes. uh, in this film. Spoiler. We'll get to that later. Now, there's a reason for, for people to keep listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hadn't really noticed even about uh, Floyd's suit in this being different. But yeah, you're right. I get Because it's so similar to his Muppet Show outfit, I guess, I didn't even really notice it. But um, Zoot has... Does he wear the same uh, the same jacket in the Muppets Take Manhattan? Something about that design looks familiar. I I think so, or awfully similar to it. Yeah, it's it. It's not quite plaid because it's all the same color, but it's whatever you call that. Checked. It's sort of checkered, I, I, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, 
I'm not a fashion person. No? No, I am not. Well, there's a sequence <laughs> later in this movie that you're going to hate. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you'll learn something from it. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan's going to be taken aback by the flutter of good days. <laughs> can't wait. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> so at the very end, at the tail end of the, this sequence, we get a few more lyrics. Um, there are bugs, there are bugs, and there are mice, there are mice. Um, do you think that the rats are, like, weirded out about having to sing about bugs and mice? That's always been my opinion. Like, oh, well, sure, stick, um... stick the rodents with the, with the like, line about other other vermin you know i always thought it was bugs and lice is it bugs and lice i don't know <laughs> now i'm questioning everything uh mice would make sense because it's rats because a louse is a type of bug also right. I, I always thought it was mice yeah i always okay. thought mice okay i'm i'm wrong you, yeah i don't know you should we could look up the lyrics somewhere probably yeah but no yeah it's it's funny then that and i guess they're not really muppet mice at this point well there's miss mousy r.i.p oh that's true they should have had miss mousy pop in to sing the line about bugs and mice that would have been great i know you're you're his number one fan i'm miss mousy's number one fan ryan yes you once photoshopped Um, a photo of (laughs) britney spears with miss mousy's head (laughs) look we all did crazy things in college okay so that was good stuff. I love that. Yeah. I love that's what um, we were doing in car in college. That's great. <laughs> that was about as crazy as I got. Uh, yes. Yep. Good stuff. Um, so anyways, the next line is sure we have our little problems, but you'll never beat the price. And Scooter sings it. Yeah. And Scooter does a scooter fist on the word yes. never. Which which if you don't if listeners might not know, a scooter fist is this thing Richard Hunt used to do where Scooter makes a fist and then cheerfully swings his arm in front of his chest. That's a great idea. Yeah, which yeah, I yeah. think I think we pointed it out uh in when we were talking about the Muppet movie. Oh, he says, says so we uh, won't be recognized, right? Exactly. Yeah. We'll disguise their car so they won't be recognized. Yeah. And it's just such a like I then David Rudman never seems to do it now. Uh-huh. So like um, for ex- like every time my wife and I listen to the Muppets Most Wanted soundtrack, when we listen to the Moves Like Jagger part, we always do a scooter fist on the word Jagger every time, right? But in the movie, Scooter's like swinging his arms outward. He doesn't do a scooter fist, and mm. and it seems wrong. So it's it's nice to see the they vintage got, Richard Hunt scooter fist. They got so carried away with the puppet choreography in that number, they they forgot about the nice simple scooter fist, right? I I love I love both the phrase scooter fist which <laughs> could sound horrible and I love that because it's so pure. I love Scooter's enthusiasm. He's a character I didn't really pay attention to until we lost uh Richard Hunt. And sure. uh and, and then, you know, with his long absence after that, it's like I then I missed him. Yeah, but, um, makes sense. His, uh, uh, like when I'm talking to my students or when I'm, you know, whatever, if something is a great idea, I always, always swing my arm and, uh, and, and fist and just go, that's a great idea. And they kind of look at me <laughs> like, you're oddly enthusiastic about this idea. I'm like, no, I'm just exactly the right amount of excited about it. Yes. <laughs> and by the way, I don't know about uh, either of you, but I've, I've just been, uh, 
doing the scooter fest maybe four or five times here while we've been talking. About oh yeah, it. me too, for sure. Yeah, swing. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so good. So good. It's what makes the Muppets great. Yes. Um truly. And then so the last line that we hear is Fozzie says, You got every kind of critter, and Gonzo says, You've got every kind of pest. And I I I want to clarify, I want to repeat that. Fozzie says, you got, and Gonzo says, you've got. Fozzie Mm. says, kinda, and Gonzo says, kind of. Which makes me wonder, was it written that way, or was that just how Frank and Dave did it? Because it, like, I never thought about it until I was watching this two minutes at a time. But it really jumped out at me this time. I've always considered enunciation to be one of Gonzo's sort of hallmark characteristics. You know, he's a, he's, he's a daredevil, but he's precise in his language. Yeah, you're right. Hmm. Well, I guess there was a reason he was uh, cast as Charles Dickens in The Christmas Carol. Yeah. He, he wasn't yeah, going to mess can't... that up. He has a great respect yeah. of uh, literature. You can't imagine Fozzie Bear as Charles Dickens. No, definitely no. not. Huh. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. So I don't know. It just, uh, it just jumped out. So, so that brings us down to the end of this. Uh, do you, do anything else you guys want to talk about before we close Quinn, I'll start with you. Um, so an in universe question is just, do they play this song every time someone arrives? <laughs> you know, because, because at, at the beginning, like pops rings the bell and says, somebody's checking in all the doors open up. Somebody's checking in. And it's like, does this happen every time someone checks in? Looking at the hotel, I don't think people check in all that often. But, uh, yeah, so that's although, one question. Although it's pretty full. Like, you know, there's there's a lot of guests or people well, there. Or there seem to be a lot of people living there. Yeah, yeah. True, true. And that leads me to my other thing. Is this like the Hotel California where, like, people check in and they never check out? I, I mean, this is a spoiler for the end of the movie, but everybody seems to check out at once, right? They all they all take the same flight back to America. They at do. The end of the movie. Yeah. Even pops. Yeah. Even pops. Yeah. Swedish chef who apparently works there, you know, the rats yeah. who work there. So I guess, yeah, I guess it's kind of an huh. all or nothing deal. Like if, if somebody's <laughs> going to check out, everybody's going to check out. The whole group goes together. Yeah. Huh. My, my other thing I would say about this, uh, song is that I think it is one of the things that best shows the chaos of the Muppets. Sure. Where in, uh, in, I think the Muppet movie has like deeper themes and big ideas, but up until the, uh, the closing number of the Muppet movie, when everything falls apart in the studio, you know, it's, you don't have that that chaos, and I think this movie does that better. And this song is the best example of that. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. And, with and such well that. choreographed chaos, right? I mean, there, there's there's talent, and like these people know this song. They've been practicing it, and they, uh, <laughs> you know, they don't step on each other's lines. It's 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 good. They uh, they know yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Ryan, anything else you want to uh, talk about? Yeah, something that I didn't really notice until I was, uh, you know, scrutinizing it like we do. Um, this song, as we mostly saw, well, it's it's at the beginning of this too. So, um, when the song starts, it's primarily being played, as far as we can see, by the Jug Band. Yeah, which is um, 
Okay, I wrote it down. This is the this is Lubbock Lou and his Jug Huggers. Right. They were the second of two uh, jug bands to be featured on the Muppet Show. The other one, of course, being the Gogolala Jubilee Jug Band. Of course. Yeah, boo! Who cares about that? Boo, boo. <laughs> well, apparently the the Muppet Show creators didn't because they replaced them in the second season. Yeah. But um, the, actually, these these guys, the puppets, are much more interesting than the ones in that other jug band. Right. But. Uh, yeah, so they're playing the song, and uh, you got Ralph is playing the piano, and then when the Electric Mayhem just sort of emerges in the lobby and starts singing, they just sort of take over uh, the instrumentation of the song too. Like the same, I never noticed this, but the same piano that Ralph was playing, Doctor Teeth like is suddenly playing that piano instead, and Ralph is just kind of sitting there on the other side. Maybe uh, that's how they do it. Since they do the song every time someone checks in, they do it in shifts. Right. <laughs> that's how they rehearse it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting. Like it, it starts out with the jug band, and then gradually they give way to the electric mayhem. Yeah, and it and and it works with the song. Like it, uh, it, it's a pretty smooth transition. I I did notice Rolf getting pushed out of his own piano by Doctor Teeth and. Uh, kind of dancing awkwardly on the backside of of the piano. That was, uh, I noticed that this time too. Right. Yeah. He just kind of has to hang out back there with the rats. Oh, poor Ralph. It's funny that, that, uh, Jim Henson plays two characters who played the keyboards. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. And and with pretty similar voices too. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's interesting that they, that he played both of those characters. What if he didn't right. know they were two different characters? <laughs> like he, he just showed up to work one time, they put Dr. Teeth on his hand, and he thought it was just Rolf. I feel like uh, it took Bill Beretta a few years to learn the difference. <laughs> I'm being, I feel like I'm insulting new Muppet stuff so much today. Which, not that there's any new Muppet stuff to insult, I guess. but uh. M- Muppet stuff from the past, from, from the 21st century. Um. <laughs> So before we go, Quinn, um, we usually like to ask our guests, like, what is your history with The Great Muppet Caper? Do you remember the first time you saw it? Where would you rank it among the Muppet movies? Any, any thoughts on any of those times? Yeah, so uh, I did not see very much of The Muppet Show when I was a kid. And I didn't see, uh, I think the first Muppet movie I saw was probably The Muppets Take Manhattan, even though I was the perfect age to have seen all of that. Um, so I don't think I saw the great Muppet caper maybe until high school. And when I did, uh, it instantly became my favorite Muppet movie and it has been ever since. Same uh, thing happened to me. I mean, I'm yeah. Yeah. Never I, saw it till high school and then it was just, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so, it, it's funny. The puppetry is amazing. Uh, Miss Piggy has never looked better and just, I think every character uh i don't know everybody just shines i mean you you and nobody really takes over the whole thing um i think there are i i i love it it's my favorite one um sure and uh it it doesn't sacrifice funny for emotion you know It, 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 it it keeps the funny there are relationships between the characters there's warmth between the characters but it's funnier than it is sappy. I don't know. Yeah, it definitely prioritizes entertainment. The the only other thing that I uh, 
that I really know about it that I or have fond memories of is that I only had one of the McDonald's uh, Great Muppet Caper glasses, and it was the Happiness Hotel bus one. Mm. So, and that was a, that was a cherished possession for uh, for quite a while. Yeah. Do you still have it? I don't still have it. So I guess it was a cherished possession up until some point. <laughs> Um, and then it's the, ceased to be they are, they are extremely easy to find if you want to go look i know them. yes they're all on ebay i, I will I'll, I'll assume that uh my son miles broke it when he was a a, a wee a wee lad that sounds it right happens. sounds right sure <laughs> yeah i mean I'll, I'll just say he broke it because that's kind of my go-to <laughs> for everything oh miles broke it sure that just about brings us down to the end of the show so join us again next week for another episode and in the meantime, please check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, and all of those things. You can follow me on Twitter at Zeppo Marxist. You can follow Ryan at me, Ryan Rowe. And Quinn, where can our listeners find you and your work on the internet or elsewhere? So you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Jedi Kermit, because I'm that kind of a person. And... Uh, <laughs> If, if you're a teacher, I have a book out called Play Like a Pirate, Engage Students with Toys, Games, and Comics. And uh, I have a site, quinnrollins.com, for, uh, with resources for teachers and people who like teaching yeah. children. And Quinn's, I can, I can vouch from personal experience that Quinn's book is really great. It has a picture of a pirate rubber ducky on the cover. Sure does, sure does. Yeah, my rubber ducky gets around. Uh-huh. So yeah, and uh, and I have an autographed copy in my house. So thanks, Quinn. You're welcome. And let, and let the record show that I did a scooter fist while I said thanks, Quinn. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so uh, thank you again so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I loved it. Awesome. Uh, our theme music is by Stacy Rosen, and our logo is by Morgan Davy. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you, Morgan. And listeners, if you're so inclined, give us a positive review on iTunes and tell all your friends to listen to the show. We'll be back next week with another episode of Moving Right Along. Goodbye! Renoir! <laughs>